the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. We have Mo Brooks. He's one of the good guys in uh, the uh, in the house. Representative Mo Brooks from Alabama. Uh, he's introduced and the federal shutdown act. Uh, Mo, welcome to the program. How are you feeling about that great Republican uh budget well let me kind of toss it back at you glenn as the father of the tea party mm-hmm. and the 2010 revolution do you kind of feel like we're in george orwell's animal farm oh my gosh <laughs> i mean we are we are living in such um a, a upside down world the 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 republicans that were put into congress by voters who were being oppressed and targeted by the IRS, just had their representatives, those guys just went and voted for more money for the IRS agents. It's crazy. Uh, everything is turned upside down. Uh, one of the reasons that we've got the end of the in the government shutdown act is to try to minimize the power plays that take place with must-pass legislation. Uh, we have a bill that's 2,000 pages long. I have little idea what's in it. You know, I'm reading media reports as quickly as I can, talking to other congressmen as much as I can to try to ascertain it. But when it's over 2,000 pages long, over $1.3 trillion being spent, um, and you have what it was introduced last night, you know, I, I have to have sleep <laughs> sometime during the night. Uh, this, is a, this is a horrible way to do business. And it pushes up uh, us up against a deadline uh, where the threat is if you don't do what we tell you to do, and the special interest groups, of course, are the ones that are really the puppeteers running the show, uh, if you don't do what we tell you you need to do, then there's going to be a government shutdown. It's going to be all your fault. Well, the end of the government shutdown act that I've uh, introduced would eliminate that PowerPoint that the special interest groups are able to use against us congressmen and senators by saying, okay, if we fail to meet a deadline, the government does not shut down. It continues to operate at the same spending levels that it operated on the day before and the month before and the year before. And it just continues that until such time as Congress gets its act together and passes a, a piece of legislation that spends either more or less money or reprioritizes the money being spent. So it's okay, a great wait, piece wait. of legislation. Unfortunately, since it's a great piece of legislation, that makes it much uh, less likely that it would get through this Congress. So let me ask you this. Is it that they have to pass a continuing resolution or an actual budget? Well, uh, with my legislation, it's just automatic. The, the funding continues at prior spending levels until such time as Congress reprioritizes either with a continuing resolution, an omnibus, or uh, what I'd really prefer would be the honest-to-goodness uh, appropriation budget. bills that we work on for many months but don't ever seem to pass. Uh, most people would refer to those appropriation bills as a budget, although in Washington, in the upside-down world we're in, uh, the word budget doesn't mean uh, what it means everywhere else in the United States. In, in Washington, it, a budget doesn't spend any money. It's just the game plan. It's an outline of what you hope will happen. It's the appropriation bills, the continuing resolutions, and the omnibus bills that actually spend money, that allocate it to particular programs or departments for them to then spend. Mo, um, you know, we have been afraid. Half the country was afraid of an out-of-control dictatorship with too much power under Obama that we could easily slide into that. 
Now the other half of the country is afraid that we could easily slide into dictatorship under uh, Donald Trump. I I contend we have a dictatorship when it comes to the budget, which is really what the federal government is. It's a four person dictatorship. It is Nancy Pelosi and uh, and uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan. That is pretty much it. And to a large degree, those four delegate um, a lot of this homework uh, negotiating to staffers. Um, Unfortunately, President Trump, um, his wishes with respect to uh, our spending priorities was his wishes weren't weren't respected very much at all, uh, particularly by uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, but to a lesser degree by Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. I mean, if you're a Democrat, uh, this is the bill you want, okay? It's it's a great bill uh, for Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. It's a horrible bill for the American people because it increases the likelihood of America suffering a very dangerous and debilitating insolvency and bankruptcy. And I hate I hate to mention that so bluntly because a lot of people are startled by it and they think I'm uh, speaking hyperbole, but I'm not. Uh, we're looking at a, a trillion-dollar deficit within the next 12 to 15 months. And the estimates that I'm getting from, say, the Bipartisan Committee for a Responsible uh, Federal Budget uh, has concluded that the deficits will be $2.4 trillion a year, a oh year, gosh. within oh 10 gosh. years. And we're, we're talking about a spending bill. Our entire discretionary spending bill is $1.3 trillion. And we're looking at deficits of $2.4 trillion. In a decade, it's horrific what this Congress, this White House, and past Congresses and White Houses have done to America's future with what is now a $21 trillion debt level that is projected to be at $38 trillion in 10 years if we keep doing uh, what we're irresponsibly doing. That's $30 trillion more than when everyone was yelling at George W. Bush saying that we are out of control, spending is out of control, and we're going to go bankrupt. That'll be a thirty trillion dollar increase uh, in our uh, in 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 our uh, in our debt. And does anyone in Washington really care, except for a handful of you guys? There are maybe ten or twenty percent of the members of the United States Senate and the United States Congress who understand it and care enough to have the backbone to do something about it. Is it by is it by when we have votes? Ten to twenty percent doesn't win. Is it bipartisan at all? I don't know of any Democrats that I can say are financially responsible. There might be one or two, okay? I just don't know it. They haven't been put in the position where they've had to make that really hard decision. Uh, Certainly, they lead the spending charge. uh, But because so many Republicans right now are concerned about the 2018 elections, it looks like they're just copycat Democrats. I mean, uh, let's face it. This spending bill that passed um, in February and the one that we're about to pass right now, it's a debt junkies wildest dream it's just it's financial insanity I, I don't have words that adequately describe how bad it is or how horrific it's going to be for the united states of america long term if we go into an insolvency and bankruptcy and i could give some examples of what has happened in other places that have uh defaulted do, on you know, their credit obligations do, if you want it'll scare the daylights out of your listeners though mo please do but start here 
because the argument will be, oh, that's irresponsible. Mo Brooks going on and saying that we'll become insolvent. We'll never go bankrupt. We can't go bankrupt. We can always print more money. <laughs> okay, well, let me let me give some examples. And there's some truth to the statement that we can print more money, but in real dollar terms, you're still bankrupt, okay? All you've done is handed out different pieces of cash with different numbers on them, but that doesn't mean you're not bankrupt. And I'll use uh, Venezuela as an example. Their inflation rate uh, in 2017 was roughly 4,000%. Their adult uh, population age bracket roughly 20 to 65 in 2017 because of the collapsing economy that's associated with those kind of high interest rates caused by just printing more money, okay? Um, That population segment, adult population, Venezuela, had an average weight loss last year of 24 pounds per person because they can't get the food and the calories to sustain their body weight. That's what happens when an economy collapses because the central government can't make their ends meet. Or, Or you could look at Greece. I'm trying to get us to learn from what other countries have gone through rather than repeating their mistakes. Greece has been basically in default at least three different times in the last six or seven years. Now, fortunately for them, the European community has bailed them out, so they're in better shape than America would be because no one's going to bail out America. Mm-hmm. But their unemployment rate right now approximates our worst periods during the Great Depression, and that's after they've been bailed out three different times. So when you have a central government that is defaulting on loans, it has an adverse effect on the economy and the lives of the people who are there. Puerto Rico defaulted uh, a year or two ago on $72, $73 billion in debt. So when the hurricane came, and, you know, being a Caribbean island, hurricanes do come, they were wholly unprepared. Their infrastructure was not hardened. Their utilities fell apart. They were in a shambles. And but for the rescue effort by the United States of America, a lot of Puerto Ricans would have died by now from the hardship associated with their government being insolvent and not having a depot spread out throughout the island with uh, drinkable water and food, uh, not having shelters that uh, you could weather the storm in, not having a hardened utility system that wouldn't be so destroyed, uh, electricity, uh, running water to the extent they've got sewer. Um, these are all things associated with an insolvency and bankruptcy with one huge difference. If the United States follows these paths, and I hope we won't, but it looks like we're going to, but if America follows that path, think of the adverse effect that has on our United States military when we can no longer afford to pay for it, and what kind of adventurism there may be around the world and the deaths that would ensue as a result because of the United States of America no longer being able to help preserve the peace. You know, I have to I tell you, Mo, that- I, 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 if I may scare the hell out of you, I, I take that a step further. Um, in 2008, when we were bailing everybody out, uh, the president of China, um, uh, you know, bought, you know, bought some more of our treasuries and said to us, do not dishonor our investment. They are investors in us. When we when we go down like uh, Venezuela, the entire world goes down and everyone will blame us. And anyone who has the ability to come claim some of our assets They will claim our assets and the entire world will point the finger to Americans and say it was it's your fault that we're starving because you were greedy and fat and you wanted it all. And if you don't think that the politicians all over the world will tell their people that and blame it on the average American and we will be the pariahs of the world, you don't know who politicians are because they always look for a boogeyman. So they're not blamed.
There it's is worse. a lot of truth to that statement. And, and let me also talk about history for a moment. Great Depression. What happened during the Great Depression? And that's where America's headed if we go insolvent. We don't pay our bills. Um, America, during the Great Depression, had to reduce our military capability. What happened as a result of that? Japan actually thought they could win a war with us, so they initiated one at Pearl Harbor. And that was in the day before there were nuclear weapons and weapons of mass destruction. Okay? Um, now, fast forward to today. What, what enemy of ours or geopolitical foe of ours might be tempted to do something they never would be tempted to today if the United States does not have the military capability to strike back. If we well, repeat the mistakes of the Great Depression of the 1930s that resulted in 50 to 60 million people losing their lives around the planet with World War II. Um, you don't you don't have to really imagine that. Look what uh, Russia is doing to us and to the U.K. because they know we don't have the political will uh, we add to that you don't have the economic might to do it and uh and your toast uh we're talking to congressman mo brooks from alabama the end federal shutdown act is his legislation um any chance of this even being brought to the floor and how can people help you mo there is a chance if the american people will rise up understand the risk associated with the structure that is in place that has resulted in large part with us looking at a trillion-dollar deficit in the next uh, year, year and a half, and ultimately that $37 trillion debt and insolvency and bankruptcy, uh, if the American people will call their senators and their representatives and demand that their congressmen and senators end this perpetual shutdown risk that gives leverage to the special interest groups that provide the money that fund the elections, okay? But the threat of a government shutdown is what results in us getting a 2,000-page bill last night that nobody has read, that the American people, the American people are going to have no chance to comment to their congressmen and senators on that results in really bad things happening that right. the American people don't want. So uh, Mo Brooks, leverage point. thank you very much for your hard work. This is the end of the federal shutdown bill. Call Congress, call your senator, and demand that they end the federal shutdowns with this shutdown act. Thank you very much, Mo Brooks. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network.